Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Well, the new year is here. Pretty soon, it'll be 2020, then 2030. Can you imagine? Hey, we're going to keep the party going well, at least another week. We've got jobs data coming out. We've got info from the Fed. We've got a coke fuel pool party. Well, we've got two of those three. You know, the government's going to take a look at its monthly jobs report this week, and uh, we'll take a look at what to expect from that. And we'll also go into depth into one of the mysteries of the last several years. Namely, how come the unemployment rate keeps falling even though job growth has been decidedly ho-hum? Hmm. And we'll also look in on the Federal Reserve, our good friends. Yeah, the central bank is set to release some details about their recent rate hike. We'll look ahead to see when the markets are expecting the next one. And as always, we'll boogie our way through some of the more of the -the out-of-the-way discos on Wall Street. This week, we've got stories about how Amazon is turning the world into Blade Runner. We've got robots who might sit with you and help you sort out your magazines. And we've got communist bureaucrats who can't afford yachts like we were expecting them to. This is the Next Thing You Know episode of Offbeat Wall Street. 1980, you know? Can you believe it? I can't. I mean, it's like, next thing you know, it's going to be like 1990, 2000. Can you imagine? Mm. All right, jobs and the Fed will be the main focus this week. The latest monthly jobs report is due out at the end of the week. Jobs growth has been modest over the past few months, even while the unemployment rate has drifted down to multi-year lows. Last month, the report said that non-farm payroll employment climbed 178,000 jobs in November. November's job growth was slightly better than expected. The experts were looking for 170,000 new jobs in the month. Meanwhile, the unemployment rate fell to 4.6% from 4.9% in October. The unemployment rate had been expected to remain unchanged. The unexpected drop brought the jobless rate to its lowest level since August of 2007 before the financial crisis and the recession that followed. There is a catch, though, to the lower unemployment rate. The rate has continued to drift down despite the fact that job gains have been unspectacular, to say the least. A certain number of jobs have to be created each month just to keep up with population expansion. For most of 2016, the gains have been solid, but nothing spectacular. Nothing that would explain the fact that the unemployment rate has gone from 5% at the end of 2015 to 4.6% in November. The main reason is that there are two parts to the unemployment rate. Part one, you've got to be unemployed. No surprise there. Part two, the sequel, you have to be actively looking for a job. Aha, that, my friends, is the catch. See, the government doesn't want to include people like retirees, socialites, Stay-at-home parents, freelance podcast producers, yeah, none of them are in the calculations. Only people who want a job and who can't find one are considered unemployed for the purposes of the jobless rate stat. Now, the other side of this is called the labor participation rate. That tracks the number of people who are actually part of the labor force, and that's been down in recent years. The labor participation rate has edged down in each of the last two months. Over 2016 as a whole, it stayed relatively steady. It closed 2015 at 62.6%. It came in at 62.7% in November, but these numbers are historically pretty low. In September 2015, the labor participation rate reached 62.4%. That's the lowest level since 1977. If you're currently wearing a pork pie hat, you probably don't remember this, but in the 1960s and 70s, women began pushing to enter the workforce in large numbers, pushing the labor participation number higher. It hovered in the high 50s for most of the time period between 1948, that's when data started to be compiled, until around 1969. 
Now, from there, it made a steady climb. It topped out at just above 67%. That happened in the late 90s and early 2000s. Began to drift lower from there, but the decline accelerated after the Great Recession and is now is at its lowest level since the year the Mary Tyler Moore Show went off the air. So in this week's jobs report, when you look at the unemployment rate, take a look at the labor participation rate as well. Just a tip. Oh, that and don't take any wooden nickels. Scott is out on the driveway. Dirk. So jealous. Ah, Jam it, man. Stop down low. 350 cube, three and a quarter horsepower, four speed, 410 gears, 10 coats of competition orange, hand rub lacquer with a blue plane mat full. All right, well, jobs aren't the only thing on the docket this week. We'll also get some additional information about those spotlight hogs, the Fed. Yeah, the Federal Reserve is set to release the minutes of its last policy meeting. Now, you may remember that the meeting resulted in the first Fed rate hike of the year and only the second one in the past decade. The minutes of the meeting will provide some details about what the Fed considered when making the decision. Might also shed some light on what the Fed might be looking at as it decides when to raise rates again. Now, the market doesn't see a rate hike for at least a few months. Now, Currently, trading in Fed funds futures is pointing to a 96% chance that the central bank will hold rates steady at the next meeting, which ends February 1st. The chances start to rise from there. The Fed's March meeting currently has a 21% chance of a hike. The chances of a hike by May are about 1 in 3. A rate hike doesn't become likely until June, Traders are currently pricing in a nearly 68% chance that the Fed will have hiked rates by its June 14 meeting. Also on tap for this week, there's data on construction spending, factory orders, and international trade. Meanwhile, the Institute for Supply Management will release two closely watched indexes. One measures the health of the manufacturing sector, and the other measures the health of the services sector. Now, looking to corporate news, not much is expected in terms of earnings reports this week. The schedule of releases will remain thin until the quarterly earnings season starts in a few weeks. One name due to report this week, though, is fast food giant Sonic. Last time around, the drive-in hamburger chain issued disappointing earnings releases. Earnings beat expectations, but the company's revenues dropped, coming in below the amount that was projected by market analysts. This time around, the company's profits are expected to fall, pulled down by another drop in revenues. The top line is expected to fall by about 10% to around $130 million. Now, beyond that, there's not much of interest in terms of earnings, but if you're interested in the results of Unifirst or Atwood Oceanics, <laughs> man, is this the week for you. I do know what I'm talking about, all right? And I, listen to me, and it sounds like your boss has said the stereo store saying the same thing. What? What? You have to get a new look. Why don't you get a new look? Well, I have a look, okay? The look I have is just fine. What's your look? Chocolate love. All right, each week we like to wander off the beaten track a little bit and take a look at some of the money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. Let's start here in the future with some of our quick hits. Well, the movie Blade Runner takes place in 2019, and as proof that that's just two years away, I present Amazon's latest patent. You see, the online retailer has been granted a patent for a big flying warehouse equipped with drones that can deliver goods. Amazon calls the device a, quote, Airborne Fulfillment Center, or AFC. It's actually a really big blimp with a lot of stuff that floats real high up in the sky. Yeah, in fact, the design showed that it could float at an altitude of around 45,000 feet and will be stocked with lots of products. Hey, speaking of Amazon, the company's heavily advertised Alexa voice assistant was one of the most prominent products this Christmas, but Amazon failed to talk about one of its apparent uses, as of detective. Yeah, police officials have issued a warrant to access data from an Alexa that might have information that could actually solve a murder case. 
Yeah, the police went to access data from the Amazon Echo speaker belonging to James Bates of Bentonville, Arkansas, who's been charged with first-degree murder. The officials claim that since the Echo speaker always listens for Alexa voice commands, the audio it recorded could provide clues about a 2015 incident where a man was found dead in Bates' hot tub. And here's a final report from the Future Is Here file. IBM is working in collaboration with Rice University to create a robot to help out the elderly. The robot is called Big Hero 6. I, I mean, it's called the IBM Multipurpose Elder Care Robot Assistant, or the IBM Mara. Hopefully, it has the ability to watch NCIS non-ironically and listen patiently to stories about sock ops. <laughs> the Mira uses IBM's Watson AI to provide assistance to the elderly and monitor vital signs in environmental changes in a non-invasive manner. IBM Research also plans to work with Sol Cooperativa, that's a healthcare provider in Italy, to install sensors in senior housing communities to monitor day-to-day -day activities of residents. And I also heard that that thing uh, actually makes a pretty good slice of toast. And lastly, if you have a first world problem, does that make you a first world country? Well, we turn to our good friends in China to find out. Turns out that sales of luxury yachts in the country have fallen short of expectations. You see, some years ago, China was seen as a market for luxury yachts with the most potential in the world. But an expected boom in yacht sales never took place. Instead, the market in China has remained flat over the past two years. According to Fortune magazine, sales were kept down by the slowing Chinese economy and the depreciation of the yuan. They were also hurt by anti-corruption campaigns. Yeah, those tend to put a dip in your yacht plan. So let's talk about the future. Let's talk about what video means to this industry. And let's talk about how all of us, not one of us, how all of us are going to profit. Thank you, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. If you like the show, go to iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher and subscribe. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. Good ratings help other people discover the show. Also, let all your friends know. It does help us out quite a bit. Check out OffbeatWallStreet.com and follow us on Twitter at OffbeatWallStreet. And that is ST, like you see on the street signs. And thank you, as always, to the big BS, Brian Stewart, for scriptwriting and co-production of the podcast. And a special thanks to RTT News for providing news and stats used in the show. For up-to-date info on the markets, check them out, rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, just a little party tip for your next New Year's. Remember, brevity is the soul of wit. If you're hosting a party and you want to introduce some new guests, it's good to keep the introductions, well, short. Me boys, Tommy, P. Me girls. Cindy, Angie, Hi. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody, and Happy New Year. Happy 2030. Happy 2040. Whatever.